Welcome back, everybody, to episode one of the Game of Influence. We are officially back, and today I have a very, very special guest with me. But before we do that, it is episode one of the relaunch of Game of Influence. I want to thank you so much for watching, for subscribing, for tuning in. As you know, it has been, man, quite the journey to get here. We got shut down by Apple in a lawsuit. Uh, went through uh, months of figuring things out, and we are officially back. Now, before we dive into today, I, I, I do have a really, really awesome uh, guest with me here today. The, the, the moving forward, th this talk show is going to be a little bit different than maybe what most people are expecting. I think most uh, people, when they think of you know, doing a big launch and trying to build a brand and all, all these things, they're, they're thinking, how do I go and get the most amount of exposure, right? They think, maybe I'm going to optimize for that. And that's not, that's not actually the point, right? The point of the show over the course of however long this runs is called the Game of Influence for a reason. And first, it is to understand how the Game of Influence is played, right? It is to understand like, it, by interviewing and talking to, building relationships and conversations with highly influential people, either in exposure or just have used influence in the business realm, right? But then secondly, and, and just as importantly, it is to be an example of what is possible when you have a talk show to go and get clients and not like cheap clients, like the best, the highest paying clients that pay lots and lots of money for that. And so that is what we're going to be optimizing for as we continue to go through and move uh, forward with these interviews and things like that. So if you're expecting like, oh, you know, only the biggest names, well, you're going to get some of those, but you're also going to get to see the actual real uh, raw of what goes into landing $25,000, deals uh, and more, building massive amounts of, uh, you know, relationships and, and networks uh, with people that will pay you lots and lots of money because one of my fundamental beliefs is if, if you want to go and build a relationship with highly successful people, and I promise we're going to get to Justin here in just a second, right? Hey, it's uh, all good. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. I love but, it. But one of the, the ways that you, or there's two main ways in the business realm at least that you go and you build lasting relationships with people that are ultra, you know, ultra successful, have, uh, have money. The first is you go through and you pay them lots of money, Right. Believe me, when you give someone lots and lots of money, they will notice, right? And they will, you know, uh, you can build a relationship with them that way. The second way is you got to get them or you get them to give you lots of money, right? And if you get them to give you lots of money, that I believe is even better because now they're the one giving, they will remember who they pay lots of money to. And if they give you lots of money and you are able to get them an exponential result with that, they will continue to give you lots of money. And I promise you, like, those will be the highest quality relationships um, that you can go through and, and form. So... I'm very, very excited. My name is Josh Forty, like I said, and we are here with episode one with uh, a client of mine, a very good friend of mine, someone who has used our methods as well, Mr. Justin Luke Riley. Welcome uh, to episode one, man, of the Game yeah, of Influence. thank you for having me, dude. It's a huge, huge honor. Uh, love you, respect you so much, and excited to participate today. I appreciate it. And we're going to dive in. This is going to be much more of a conversation style. And normally I do these over Zoom, but Justin's actually here in Denver uh, where I'm located. So I was like, hey, do you want to come out to my studio? We can do this in person. But there's two, two reasons or, or, uh, that, that we're having Justin on as number one. Um, and that is, number one, is that Justin is someone who is crazy like influential and like he's just one of the most connected people that I know. You've raised what over like a billion dollars for nonprofits and things like that. You've, you've spoken on stages across the country, been part of the Obama White House. You were asked uh, to be a part of the Trump uh, White House as well. Um, so that, so just a very master of influence overall. But then also he is someone that became a client because of my show um, yes. and has implemented what we teach here uh, with the Gold Mike method and, and the game of influence there. So Justin, I want to, to kind of go through and just recap our relationship 
How long has it been since we've known each other? Get, let's, let's go to a brief history of our relationship together. I'm saying we're coming up on a two-year anniversary. Is that what it is? Two years? Yeah, well, I guess it was or, FHL. Yeah, because yeah. FA, it was right after yeah. FHL two years ago, yeah. right? I spoke at the last one that was mm-hmm. the, right before that. Okay, so how did we, like, how did we connect? Because we, we came through Dominic, right? I got connected to you by somebody else who's a great networker and influencer, Dominic, who was the chief marketing officer at a company that we'd started in the crypto space. Oh, and, oh that's right. That's right. And what, like, just real quick, give people a, a summary of what we've done together, and then I want to kind of sure. go, go get into your backstory. Yeah. So I do think that, uh, so a part of being an effective influencer is also knowing what your core, competency, core competencies are and what they are not. And I do not have the core competencies that this guy has. And so because I know that, though, is one of the reasons why we wanted to identify who would be the best on the planet to say, can you help us take our offer, take our messaging, and essentially, for me, put it in a blender, completely redo it, and push it out into the world. And he was able to do that with us for literally, I would say, only $60,000 because that is a small, small investment, though substantial it is small compared to the results of generating hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue for multiple companies in this very short relationship. And so for me, knowing that he's one of the best in his industry, it was a no brainer saying, I know how to influence, but I don't know, but I don't have your skill set. I would mm. happily pay you $60,000 over and over and over again mm. to generate hundreds of thousands of dollars in returns. Well, I appreciate that. You're stroking my ego, so I appreciate it. No um, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I want to get into your, your background and your story with this um, because actually one more quick thing. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we talk about, guys, and, and, and you will find uh, throughout this is uh, the importance of a talk show, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to go through and interview people, build relationships with these. Um, and that is something that you, we were able to go through and do together. In fact, on the first launch that we did, actually. Can you just briefly, we, we will dive into this in more detail of this, but I want people to know, once again, why I chose you yes. with this. What were we able to do solely with the talk show um, or the, the launch of that that we did? I guess I chuckle because working with Josh is, for me, has been a very what I would say hard process in the fact that you've made me better, mm. right? This isn't something where I just get to show up and say a few things and you know do something the way that I think would be uh, successful and it just happens. It was a very hard and difficult process, but he was able to coach me through and really guide me and lead me to eventually do something that I had never done before, even with all of my experience, which was in a matter of weeks, mm. maybe several weeks, a couple of months at most, is put together my own online summit and invite influencers that I had no prior relationship to onto my stage that he literally just essentially helped me create and invent, bring all of them on, reverse engineer it to where we would leverage or borrow their audiences, host an event, and have a six-figure launch, and we had never done any of those things before. He allowed me to do that in a matter of weeks, not years. And and I want to touch on that just really quickly here, and then we're going to get into his story with this. Mm -hmm. Weeks. Right. Like, I think oftentimes when we think of talk shows, when we think of interviews with people, we we think of it as like, okay, a podcast. Right. And and we've seen this before. Right. Like you launch a podcast and eventually over time, you're going to find your voice and find your message and all that or whatever. Right. And it's like, okay, or we could just understand what Mm -hmm. we're actually trying to go through and do with with creating these contents and these relationships. Right. Mm -hmm. And and you went with we've never done a podcast before. You've never done a talk show before. Never done interviews before. Like in this setting and this thing, literally from nothing. Guys. It was so bad. It was so bad. It was so. It was mastermind. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, there's. A, we have a lot of inside uh, inside jokes with this. We Justin do. truly is. It, he he's a, a very very good friend of mine. But when when we came in, there was this um, understanding of one thing, and then we and when then we got in and started like kind of mm-hmm. diving into things, and maybe it was a, it was a little bit different. And so 
the goal is to make $100,000 on a launch, but he had no list, like at all, right? Zero. Like none, like not even like, not even like one. And so through the, this process, which, which we will dive into, um, $100,000 bucks, it was over $100,000 yeah, that, yeah, that, that we uh, did that from that. So we're gonna get into that. But the reason that this was possible, I don't, I don't wanna take all the credit for this, but it's because of your understanding of influence, your experience levels, what you're good at. Now, what I'm excited for in today's interview is I want to figure out what you actually do because I don't actually know what you even do, right? I mean, I kind of do, but you're involved in like so many different companies. You're one of the most connected people that I know. Clearly, you understand the game of influence incredibly, incredibly well. Take us back. Go to the beginning. Like, how did you get started into all of this? And like, kind of give people the background because you have an incredible, incredible story. Um, like, yeah, take us back. Like all the way to the... Homeless yes. story? Like, or, I want, okay, yeah, cool. go, yes, go to so, the So, yeah. 19 years old, checked into my seventh treatment center, homeless, living in downtown Denver. And even from that experience, by being in that shelter, learned how to influence people by helping them see their um, preferred future at, through me as a conduit. So, what I mean by that is, especially being 19, had never managed up this. I mean, I was a tennis instructor before that. So, mm. I had no real leadership or business experience. But by learning how to position myself to be a stepping stone, mm -hmm. and I don't mind saying that at all. Like if I can be a stepping stone for somebody else's preferred future and how they want to see their world, whether that's being in recovery from substance yeah. use, whether that's building a national organization, whether that's going to the White House for the first time, whatever that may be, is that if I can be a conduit to having Josh's preferred future come to reality, like being able to be on his show today, I am... And you are helping me. Do not get me wrong. You no, made us a ton dude, of money. No, yeah, no, yeah. But I'm here because I believe in you, and I'm literally right now the first. I get to be the stepping stone yeah, of his really cool. entire show, and that's what I've done. Yeah, year after year after year in multiple industries. Okay, can I back up though? Yes, sir. So every time I've heard your story, that's where you begin. Yeah. You checked into your seventh treatment center, is in Denver, or whatever. Are you Are you willing to share like what happened before that? Oh, 100%. like what? 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 I don't even know, like, I, I know you have a powerful story with that, but like, like, I know you were adopted, right? So like, how did you, how did you become homeless? How did you get into like addiction? Like, how did you become, like, what did that, like briefly, whatever you're willing to share? Sure. Like, cause I want people to understand, like, did you, like you have, you have power. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like the, who, how you connect with people and how you believe in people and your like your leadership skills or whatever. I look at that and I go, you actually remind me a lot of my brother, Kyle. It's, we'll mm -hmm. have to talk about that um, uh, some other time, but when I look at that, it's impressive in and of itself, but then you look at where you came from and I'm like, whoa. So like walk us through, like take us to the pit for a second. Sure, absolutely. I think that um, one of the ways that I explain how I felt growing up, so to me that means like consciously from five to 19, really especially from eight to 19 in a non-egocentric space or from a non-egocentric perspective, I felt like I walked around on my own platform. Like when I went to school, it felt like I was on a stage and everybody was looking at me, not because I was influential, but I just felt that pressure. Mm. I was like, oh, like I could never pull off this haircut. Like, look <laughs> at this. It's like a vanilla Hershey chocolate Shout out Big Money head, Barbara. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but Shout truly, out Big right? Money. Like, gosh. I would look That's around good. That's good. to other yep. students, to other, whether they were playing sports, whether they were in chess club, like I just had this huge desire to be enough. Mm. And very, very intentionally, there were two paradigms that I lived from, and you'll see why this led to destruction. One paradigm was, that's right, I was adopted. I was, I was adopted at 14 months, which is a very specific random age, to where I heard that information, 
and I heard that as they tried me out. Mm. It was like a 14 month trial and I was returned. I was not wow. enough. And so I lived from a place to where how can I make that true that if I ever meet them, they're going to say, we were right. He's not good enough to put it plainly. And I'm so glad that we didn't keep him. But the other paradigm was I'm going to be the most prolific, successful person of all time to where if they meet me, they are going to rue the day that they gave me up. Mm. Neither one of those perspectives are very healthy or sustainable. They're very extreme. Yeah. And so that resulted in captain of the tennis team misusing substances every single night. It resulted in Rotary Youth Leadership Award and going to business school and my dad holding me down on the back deck so I wouldn't kill myself and the police coming to get me to take me to my third mental institution. So that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde experience was what led me to finally, thank goodness, being able to check into the Salvation Army and finally being tired enough to look at a different way to live. And that was through learning how to be altruistic and influential and serving other people. Hmm. Dude, that's so crazy powerful. And it's funny when you say that, uh, that phrase of, but has anybody else felt like not enough, right? Um, Alex Ramosi, he talks about this when they, when they interviewed like super, mm-hmm. or they, they studied super, super successful people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was like three, three common traits between mm-hmm. all of them that they could find. Um, the first one was, I can't remember. I think the first one was like, like taking responsibility for like problems that weren't mm-hmm. yours. I forget what it was. But like the, the, the second and third one were number one, a, uh, a crippling fear of, self, like, of not being enough, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third one was a superiority complex, thinking mm-hmm. you're better than everybody else, right? And I was like, that's literally what I, like, yeah. what I like, what, hear with that. And so it's super interesting. So when you checked into the Denver um, facility, like mm-hmm. you, you've kind of gone on this. You can give us like a, an overview of what happened next because I am curious about that. But the question I'm really after, or I guess, it, or that what I want to know is, how did, how did that, not feeling like you're enough? How did that uh, superiority complex at the same time, even though it maybe was, was unhealthy, right, mm-hmm. at the time, how did that help shape and develop to who you are today? And at what point did you figure out how to balance that healthy? Sure. So, like, yeah, I guess pick up on the story, but with that in mind. So in total candor, which is just generally how I roll, I mean, I, I still regularly, now 16 years into long-term recovery, actively work on maintaining health uh, maintaining a healthy balance of generosity and altruism compared to grief and shame, hmm. right? So a lot of the individuals that helped me in my early recovery, especially, they ended up committing suicide. They ended up uh, passing away. Um, wow. uh, just a lot of trauma there, if you will. That's what I guess people would call it today. Yeah. For me, that was just the life that I had experienced. But I say that to say is without that pain, Right. I learned early on to use the pain that I went through, whether it was self-inflicted or externally inflicted, to turn that pain into purpose. Hmm. And if my motive is pure, meaning like if I was here today, like I would feel the difference. If I was here today even doing this show because I was really hoping to get something from you, hmm. you I mean, you have such a high emotional intelligence and leadership skills. You could feel that from me and yeah. you probably wouldn't have invited me because mm-hmm. I'd be weird. Yeah. But he's, dude, yeah. he's really cool. I, dude, you're, yeah, yeah. But like, I, but, and, he, and he drives a Tesla, guys. All right. True. It's like the best car ever, right? No yeah, it's so, pretty great. But my motives is something that I constantly check. Is my motive in serving this person mm. and being influential, is it pure? Is it I really want to see you so successful that I, I have that desire for you more so than even myself? Not because I think of myself lowly and I don't deserve yeah. it. It's just pure. I want this to be one of the most successful podcast shows ever. Mm. 
And as long as my motive is pure, it's talk show. It's not talk a show. Yeah. Sorry, but see, always see. learning. See, yeah. So <laughs> that's my motive check that I do to make mm. sure that I can be uh, on mission and not self-serving. Did, yeah. did I answer your question? Yeah. Yes. Now I want you. To, how how did you get there? Like, t- pick us up. So you're 19 years old. You've you've checked into this recovery center, right? And now you start working for them. Like, fast forward, because, like, the, the ultimate end goal here is you, you raise a billion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. You raise a billion dollars. You speak on – I've literally seen pictures of you and Obama, right? And, like, all – like, that's influence, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, how did you get to what, the point of what you described? What happened next? Walk us through that story. I went through – and this is what he does, by the way. So, as a master storyteller, he helps people tell their own stories more effectively. So, yeah. thank you. Yeah, by questions. Um, so, just some, some practical things, I suppose, is maybe what you're after. Like going, I just want the story. Just the just, story? Just, just the story. I love him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, met a young man named Nick, learned the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, learned how to be altruistic and help other people. Eventually, that led me going back to college, getting a degree. And during that journey, ended up being asked to be the – founder and CEO of an organization called Young People in Recovery. Mm. And why I was able to, why I was asked for that is because I had developed a skill set. Um, not like taken in, or Liam Neeson and taken, but I derived a certain set of skills over mm. a period of time that was really helpful in building organizations. And so mm. my two core competencies were organizational development and finance. I now have a few more now, mm. but because I had that skill set, as I was out telling my story, I'm not very shy and telling people like, hey, I'm sober now and all the things. I was uh, asked to speak at the White House to share my recovery story of how I was able to do it. All right, hold up, hold okay. up, guys. We're going to pause here for a second. For anyone that's doing interviews, let's do a lesson here. Please. You just went way too fast, bro. Come on, bro, man. Bro, what like, do you we, want? We, we've got like 20 minutes, 30. we got some time to get to the end of this story, right? Yeah. You're dropping all these gold nuts. like, oh, I learned skills of organizational development <sighs> finance. I'm like, yo, you went from like, I'm, recovering, I'm a recovering addict to I didn't happen to learn these skills. I got asked to do all these cool stuff. Take us through the journey. Like, dude, like there had to be some discoveries in there. Cause like, this is what, and by the way, like, yes, I want them. Like I want the listener to understand. Yes, yes. I want to know, <laughs> right? Because like, I see how you do, I, I see how you interact with teams and I see how you interact with people yeah. and your belief in them. Right. And like, we've, mm. you, you share the struggles that you go through with yes. that for sure. But like, when I look at it, I go, dude, I lock myself in a basement by myself. And I have an assistant and then like I have a couple contracts and I'm just like, work, 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 work. How do I match? And you're like, everything, everything you do, like, it's team, it's believing in people, it's like these business models and organizations and this. And I'm like, how do you go from like, how do you go from what you just described to figuring, like what led to that? Why those things? How did you figure these things out? Like genuinely. Sure. Like tell me, I mean, you can look at the camera if you want, but like yeah. I'm asking the question because I want to know. Yeah. As someone who is not, Good at organizational development. Like I'm, sure. dude, I'm content, sales, marketing, yeah. getting people to give lots of money, helping people make lots sure. of, no problem. Build yeah. a team. I'm like. Yeah. Cause if you get nuked tomorrow, it's like, then what, what does your organization do to generate revenue? Yeah. There is no organization. There right? is no organization. That's why I just make as much money as possible and then stick it into the Bitcoin. Right. And oh, yeah, the, yeah okay. I got a, I got a big Bitcoin poster. Yeah. Over. You can't see it. It's off camera, but yeah. So one of the things I learned early on was the importance of mentorship. I think this is probably what you want. Is uh, I, the important? No, no, no. I, bro, I, I don't want. I don't want anything. I, I don't want anything. I want this story. Like I'm not after. I, I'm not trying to know. create this. I'm, I want to understand yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. So, like genuinely. Um, very early on, I was. Um, yeah, like I learned why mentorship mattered. Mm-hmm. Justin, who was one of my early mentors, he ended up not making it in recovery, but I learned from that. Well, why was somebody so talented and so charismatic and so? And so impactful to my life, how did he not make it, so to speak, mm. in recovery? And the same with Nick. I mean, the guy who fundamentally, 
like if there if there was just one moment I had to pick that changed my life forever, it was meeting Nicholas Girk. Mm-hmm. And he killed himself like three months later. So what do you do with that? Yeah. And so, but I didn't give up on the importance of mentorship just because some of them didn't work out. And because mm. I always valued mentorship, who has gone before me and farther in an area of, of leadership in life that I haven't been to that I want to go. Mm. Josh is one of my mentors who helps me get somewhere that I want to go. And so backing all the way back up to the Salvation Army is one of the mentors I had at the time because I had just been invited to join a board of directors, which I didn't even know, I didn't know what that meant. Mm. And I was the young person, and I think that's the only reason I was invited because I was chronologically young, and this is back when Facebook really was like a new thing. Yeah. That's how old I am. And, and, and so I, I, want, I want to pause it there just mm-hmm. real quick because that's an important point. Literally today, but when the time we're recording this, I posted um, something that said college is a scam. Here's what you should do instead. And the entire premise was like, of course, go, go, yes. of course it is, right, right. But I, I started a talk show, and the, the reason we started a talk show was like, I'm like, when you're young, like when you're 18, doors open, that, mm. that 35-year-old you will not have, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what you're talking about here. It's yep. like you, you, you had this opportunity partially because of your age, yes? Yes. Okay, yeah, continue. So one of the mentors that I was actually assigned to me, but it wasn't foreign because I got on this board of directors in Washington, D.C., and that happened because I was telling my story in the Denver community, and I was invited to D.C., and then they said, hey, you're young, join the board. We have mentor-mentee assignments, mm-hmm. an older board member with a newer board member. So, But I was like, oh, cool, I get this. But that board member, we were walking across the street in Chevy Chase, Washington, D.C., and he said, I would be very mindful of what you choose to dedicate your life to because right now you are the young person, and right now social media is a thing. Not that it isn't now, but right. this is you know, 14 years ago. And this world was filled, we're in DC, so there's public policy, there was communication, there was fundraising, there was a whole laundry list, just like we all have in life, of where do I wanna spend my time and energy? And he said, I would be very intentional in what you choose to say you are all about, also known as a core competency, mm. that when we look around the table, we're going to know what we're going to go to you for rather than somebody else. And that ma- um, that matched up with when I had just gotten back into college. This is this story is almost happening concurrently within weeks. Mm. I went into my communication class because I eventually went back to college. And uh, Dr. Larry Herbert here at CU did a whole talk on how he was influencing the military. He was influencing professors. He was influencing doctors. Like pick an audience. And Dr. Larry Herbert was providing communication and leadership to them. And I'm like, but he was none of those things. He never served in the military. He had never been mm. a doctor. So like, how in the world does some dude in Denver, Colorado have it in with all of these people groups and they are going to him to ask for help? And he said that he learned the power, the power of communication and organizational development that because he mastered those two things and that's what he was known for, those things just so happen to be principle, like such strong principles that are transient in almost any environment or transferable in any environment that everything that we do, you need to be effective at communication. And if you want to build something sustainably, you need to understand organizational development or you at least need to understand that you need somebody who does. Mm -hmm. And so that was a light bulb moment for me. And I said, I want to be effective anywhere I go. So whether it is the White House, a startup, a rehab center, a local church that I go to, like if I show up and I can help people learn how to communicate more effectively and I can make their dreams sustainable and that's called organizational development, 
that's what I'm going to focus on. And so that's how I decided, or that's, those are the stories that led up to me wanting to portray and then learn and live out that I could be in any room and help your business grow. Mm. See, that's what I'm after right there. That's, see? Yeah. See? Yeah. Like for my own sake, yeah. right? Yep. And it's interesting when you say that, um, when I look at, when I look at marketing and sales, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, in this scenario, I'm going to call that influence and persuasion, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, the, the, the game of influence, there's really, there's influence and persuasion. I didn't want to call the show the game of influence and persuasion, right? Just one better, but the, the game of being able to affect somebody's actions and then persuade them to take you know, specific action. Mm-hmm. So call that marketing and sales. It's funny, the reason that I'm obsessed with that, I feel like is very similar to what you just mm-hmm. said, right? Which is any person any room that I walk into, like this is a skill set. There, there, are, there are a few skill sets in the world, right, that have such transformational power, mm-hmm. right, that, that, that no matter who possesses them, I don't care what industry that you're in, I don't care who you are, what you sell, what you do, how old, like if you possess, there's only a few, I feel like, right? Mm-hmm. I agree um, with that. And, and, and marketing and sales, like the ability to influence and persuade someone, to literally get someone to take an action and to commit with their energy, with their time, with their money, with mm-hmm. their resources, right? Yes. Um, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that's exactly... That, that same concept yes. of, of organizational development leadership, yes. right? Like leadership of that. Like I feel like that is the, the skill set that you chose. Yes. Different skill sets, same reason, same power. Yes? Yes. Okay. So, okay. So I guess my question then for you is like, what actually is organizational development? Right? Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Because like absolutely. when you, when you, uh, like when you first saw it to me, I was like, what, <laughs> bro, like what the, like what the heck? Like I, I, I conceptually understand there's, a, a, there's an organization and it needs to be like molded and developed, but like what actually is it? Mm-hmm. Because if, if it's as, as powerful as sales and marketing is, right, or, or influence and persuasion, if it, if it has that level of influence mm-hmm. and power, like that's something that I want to understand. I think mo- a lot of people should understand what that is. So mm-hmm. what, what actually is organizational development? I would give you two different definitions of organizational development. One is the ability, so one's going to be a little fluffy but it's on purpose because that's probably what you'll remember and then okay. the other one will be tactical okay perfect. so organizational development the inspirational definition would be learning how to take your dream your idea your product your service your value proposition insert the phrase that fits you but i'm going to use dream is how do i take my dream hmm. and how do i make it sustainable and also bigger than just me hmm. A lot of people have oh, dreams, right? <laughs> See, this is how you sell me, bro. A lot of people have dreams, but they also only go as far as their energy goes. Mm. Or the dream hits a leadership lid of whatever my skill set is. Example, my sister's a pathologist. Her dream is to figure out how to do as much pathology as possible. I don't even know what that her, is. I know, right? It's mm-hmm. like microscopes or something. She's like super smart. <laughs> but that is her dream to do that. Mm. Now, if she were to say, now, how do I apply organizational development to pathology, Mm. it would be how do I create a medical practice to where I can do as much pathology as I want, but I can also have as many other pathologists join me in this venture and build a company or a medical practice. Mm. So it's the difference between being passionate about a thing and knowing how to build it really, really sustainably. So when my sister retires one day from doing pathology, she will have a Riley Enterprises, which has thousands of pathologists practicing pathology in the way that she's passionate Mm. about. But that's not just going to happen because she's really good at this one tiny thing. So the concrete answer within what is organizational development is when you master it, it's like having this Rubik's Cube that you understand. That when he starts talking about his fractional team that creates this amazing platform called Josh Forty. 
oh, that's like customer relations. That's like part of his org chart. But then when he talk, then when Josh starts talking about, well, this is my, uh, these are my offers, high ticket, low, you know, low ticket, mm. medium ticket, whatever. Yeah. All, oh, so we're talking about your revenue streams and then your cost structure. Like it, it allows me to listen in terms of dollar signs and then hear somebody's dream and put it into the right buckets so we can make it sustainable. And it feels like you're moving that Rubik's cube around really effectively. Okay. And so at the end of that, you can be like, oh yeah, blue, red, yellow, orange. And it's really easy for me to see that because I practice it the same way that you can listen to me yeah. and be like, well, yeah. let me help you say, I'm not going to change what you're saying, Justin. I'm not looking for you to say something different or special or yeah. make you use terms. But if you yeah, very much shift so. how you tell your story, same story, yes. but sequence yes. matters and strategy matters, then the outcome is going to be wildly different, Interesting. which is either zero sales or hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales, yeah. which is either sole proprietorship in organizational development or a billion-dollar idea. Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to try to simplify this down to like one phrase Please for my do. brain, okay? Yep. Organizational development is like being able to build a team that allows your dream and impact to go beyond you mm -hmm. and like expand faster than what you could do yourself. Yes. Yes. Like in a, in a very like core Absolutely. nutshell. Okay. Bro, if you ever want to sell me organizational development, that is how you sell me organizational development. It is the ability to like to go through and do that because I, I wasn't planning on going this route, but now I'm very, very curious on this, mm -hmm. which is one of my biggest uh, struggles in business, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, is, dude, teams are messy. And I've been stabbed in the back. Amen. Amen. And I am like, you know what? Like, there's that, there's that famous saying of like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I'm like, I'll go fast. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I, like, I like to, because I'm like, cool, I will go make a million dollars by myself. And then I will go and I'll take that million dollars and I will go put it into something, an investment. I will go, you know, buy Bitcoin with it. I will go buy real estate with it. I'll go invest in a crypto company, like, you know, company, like, you know, like we've talked about, you know, the future of that. I'll make sure it's sustainable and then I'll go and I will go do it again. A million dollars on the next thing and the next thing. And I'm like, that leads to a great life. You know what I mean? And I go and I look at, and I have found, and keep in mind, I'm going to give you all the reasons why I don't need, why I don't need organizational development. And I want you to help, like help, help overcome these objections. Right? Mm -hmm. So I look at, I look at for me and I remember I was sitting. Um, so a very, very good friend of mine is Brad Gibb. Um, he's been on the show a couple times. We're, we're, we're going to have him back on. He is my wealth guy. Like, he is the dude where I'm like, he's my right, like, Russell Brunson for marketing, my ride or die. Brad's my ride or die for wealth, right? And I was sitting at his house. He got this big 12,000 square foot mansion, right? And all this stuff. Whatever. And I'm sitting out there and I'm like, dude, everyone else is like, oh, sustainable this and team and like, you know, solve this. I'm like, or I can just like be a unicorn, right? And he's like, he looks at me and he goes, I would, I'm only going to say this to you because I know you well enough. And he's like, Josh, you have an overwhelming amount of self-confidence, like almost to the point where it's undeserved, right? And he goes, so I actually think that you could be a unicorn, right? And uh, I go, okay, cool. Who's unicorns? Joe Rogan's unicorn. I'm like, Joe Rogan has like two people on his team, right? Look at the influence that this guy has, right? So my whole thing is because I'm scared. If you've ever been scared of building a team, share people, haha, here, right? Okay. I'm scared of that, of like, trusting people and like relying on other people like I value how I'm seen and part of that is probably you know like you know things that I've you know dealt with you know from childhood or whatever and I, and I have worked through a lot of those but like 
how like what do you say to that how does organizational development help you overcome those things or like does that make sense mm-hmm. do, do, do you understand what kind of like what i'm asking yeah i mean the- why should i use organizational development you know what i mean As much as I do love you and respect you as you're aware, yeah. I don't think you'll get to a billion dollars on your own. Mm. Straight up. Because I don't know a lot of people that have. Now, mm. there are some outliers of somebody who has like, invented that Or not thing. even a billion dollars, though. Yeah. Just well, the impact. Because like, my, my whole thing is, after a certain level, like, it's, just, it's all about the amount, the size of people. Right? Mm-hmm. It's money until I have enough money. So what's your billion money. dollars, then? What's your... Is it, is Joe, it how Joe, many Joe Rogan Podcast, yeah. Okay. So, but, but, but that's secondary. So the, the, the first is... Mm-hmm. The first is... I call it fu money, not fu yeah. money in the sense of like hundreds of millions. I'm talking about set for life money, money for the rest, right? For the rest of my life. So like the first target is five million liquid cash, right? Because I know that I can generate without in the markets twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month forever for the rest of my life, like without loans, without debt, like five million liquid. Like that's like base level, cool. And then there's probably like the somewhere around like the twenty million dollar level, right? Mm-hmm. At that five million dollar point. Where I'm like, okay, cool. I've got 20 grand, 30 grand a month for the rest of my life. I literally did nothing, right? The market's crap, whatever. Then I still have that next target of like, I want to be free forever, which is generational wealth. But now, now it shifts into very specifically for me the the influence and the impact at, at, a, at a wide level, right? Mm-hmm. So this is pure reach, right? How I don't want to say famous because that's the wrong the wrong word, but like I'm a Christian, right? I believe in Jesus, and and I had a thought one time. I'm like. You know, it sucks, man. We as Christians, like, we could never be as influential as Drake, right? <laughs> like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, but then I was like, wait a second. That'll preach. Because... What, but what if, but like, what if I could be as, in, like, what if I could be as influential as Drake, Drake is for Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what if I could reach that many people with a message and be an example of what it means to be a, you know, a follower of Christ and, and, and be in a healthy relationship and like, like that is that, mm-hmm. right? And so, dude. I've been a part of a couple of teams like in short periods of time that mm-hmm. were so much fun, mm-hmm. right? Like when Brad and I work together, it's like me and him and like one of like the, the, the small, like I love it, right? Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, then people got to deal with my bullshit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, really though. So like what, like with, how does organizational development help solve that? Or that, that, that's, my billion, that's my billion dollars. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so that's helpful. And I also think that um, you, it would be actually interesting to see what your answer to this would be. I don't know if every value proposition in like the largest term possible to use that mm-hmm. would not benefit from uh, learning how to persuade people. I agree that that is universally yeah. massive. Mm-hmm. But the vehicle of how you help people get there, like not every value proposition needs uh, an online offer. An like online you, offer specifically, you're correct. Yeah, yeah right? Yep. And not that organiza- organizational development is certainly in the camp of how to persuade people as, yeah. as yep. bigger and more universal. It's not as narrow as an online offer but for some leaders they can go it almost alone Mm. and so i say that to say like but see i disagree go ahead and this is why this is why i need you like this is why i know what i need you to fix like here that this which is organizational development what i'm hearing you say is organizational development is the ability to like persuade and build people like in teams like around Mm -hmm. an idea right like bring people together organize put people in their roles like like literally influence people Mm -hmm. right the world runs on teamwork. The mm-hmm. world runs on people being able to get along with one another, mm-hmm. whether that's in churches. Well, you look at the church, you look at mm-hmm. all of this. I absolutely know that mm-hmm. my influence will be majorly capped if I do not know how to build teams and work with people, even mm-hmm. if I, in my own business and life, never build that massive team, mm-hmm. right? So I guess going back to the question of like, 
get me excited about organizational development. Yeah. Like, what excites you about it? Why is it easier? Like, why is it easier than than I'm making it out to be with this? Like, does that make sense? It it does make sense, and I think that you know, I mean, part of my perspective is like not uh, maybe a part of my style is not trying to convince somebody of a thing, and and, and I don't feel weird about that by any yeah. means. Yeah. But it's moreover things that make me. It's easier probably for me to speak to what makes me excited about it yeah. than try to convince yes, you that. of like why you should have twenty team members. Yeah. Like, bro, we can. I get to, like, not everybody wants 20 team members. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I've been. Yeah, yeah. What makes me excited is when I wake up and I've made more money. And mm. I didn't have to do anything. Because somebody else is actually mm. tasked with doing the thing. What makes me excited is when I see, and especially in this, like, is when I knew that I had really figured out organizational development. When people that I had never actually met in real life or otherwise were out underneath the brand carrying a message the message i crafted to where even the order of words was absolutely wrote and scripted <sighs> right to where when they were doing that thing and i never even met them to convince them to do it because i'd mastered organizational development and they were bringing money into the company i knew i had something to where even hmm. now, money that, so I've got um, generate between whatever, some one financial KPI from January to today is $4.15 million of, I would say, economic activity that I've generated across two brands right now. Some of that money is actually the dividends of the over billion dollars that I raised because, I, because that money is solving problems that I have concretely is I need to build programs in Southern Colorado. There's now money that exists that I get to benefit from that not only did I pass previously, mm. but the organization that I founded, I'm actually writing them. I am I am now, it's so full circle. I'm writing them a check That's so crazy. for a thing I invented years and years ago from a bucket of money that we created and no one from that organization had to fly into Colorado and do this work is because they created something that solved a problem that I had, which is I need programming in Southern Colorado, and they're getting a check for it, and they never showed up. That's the power of organizational development. Bro, that's how you sell organizational development. Like I'm that, trying. Like this, this is this, – like we should just like clip this and run it as an ad for you and be like that. Yeah. Especially when you were like, because I like to make money that I didn't have to work for. I'm like, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when you, when you do that with team members, I think the other thing too, as you were saying that, um, going back to the superiority complex thing, right. Mm -hmm. Is like, I don't think my way is better than most people's. I really do. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I, this is one of the things that I, you know, I, I wrestle with, I struggle with my, my, my mom and I have a great, a great relationship, very different mom. I know you're watching. I love you. Right. Um, Hi, mom. like, yeah, this is Justin, right? Um, he's one of my clients. He's really cool. Um, but you know, I, I wrestle with this and, you know, empathy for, you know, different people or whatever, but understanding that people are different than me. Right. But I look at the world sometimes and I'm just like, why? Like, why do people do things this way? I'm like, there is a better way. And then the most annoying part is, is that when I can sit down with somebody and I can explain my way of doing things like to them, and there's a, like actually logic behind it all, like 98% of the time, mm -hmm. right? Like I have just thought through my way of doing things more than that person has. Like I think about everything in my life. I design like absolutely everything. And I'm like, you haven't sat down and thought about it. But when you were saying that like this idea to being able to carry this idea beyond you, right? And... Um, Dan Henry, 
who uh, you know I uh, work closely with or whatever. He's like, Josh, what you have to understand is, I could be selling like I could be selling the exact same offer as you, and you could be selling the exact same offer as the people behind the camera right now, right? Mm -hmm. People will buy from me because I'm me and you because I'm you because the messenger matters. Mm -hmm. And so I think like in order to reach a higher level, like more and more people, like with truly transformational change, the messenger does matter. And that like organizational development, it sounds like allows you to go and communicate more effectively through other people that would relate to other people more effectively. Correct. Yes. Yeah. The, the use case that you use, which is fine because of the way that you're set up right now is under the auspice of superiority complex and I'm, and my way is really good. And I'm really good at explaining it. Great, dude. To be clear, uh, I, I do not have everything figured out or whatever. I'm talking about like the, the few couple of things that just I just like, pay him money and this, he'll help you. Yeah. Is what he's trying to say. <laughs> but when it comes, <laughs> if you want to make money online, that I, that I can do. Yes, with a talk show specifically. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. Always be pitching. All right, I love like, this guy, all right, dude. like people got to know there's a way to be free and make lots and lots of money online, guys. It is called a talk show and high ticket offers, and it's amazing. It's not that difficult. Anyway, continue. But with organizational development, you don't have to be the guy that says that anymore. But I want to be. And I mean, I know, I know, no, I know, and, and I know, no, 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 like no. But no, but but I don't want to be the guy that delivers on it. And I don't want to be the guy that like that does the accounting. And I don't want, like I get it, I get it. I get so it. when your kiddo gets here, yeah. and you want to take so three months off, six months off, a year off, you're financially. If you want to do whatever you want to do, mm. then you're gonna. It's one thing to say because like I'm pretty good at what I do, and if you get me in the room with somebody, you give me you know a few minutes or a few hours, whatever it may be. I know, yeah, dude. I like I know that I crush it at what I do. Yeah, you do. But great. Yeah. But when I can teach 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 other people around the country to do that same thing with the same, maybe not power, maybe not same style, and so I have to let that go. I would say the same power, but just a different style for sure. But with the same result, the yeah. result is what I care about. So if somebody else takes 50 minutes to say something I could have said in five, hey, good on you. Yeah. As long as the result's there, yeah. that I wake up and there's more money in my bank account, yeah. I wake up and there's more people getting free from addiction, you wake up and there's more people paying your team to sign up for the next masterclass. No, it's like, more, more people. Jam, it is dude. literally more people becoming free yeah. by doing what they've literally been called to do. Like that, like if you ask like my yeah. mission, like if, if I could go, I do this exercise, you're going to be asked this question, so I'm going to prep you for it right now, right? Oh, great. So like, it, you know, if you, every stage you've spoken on, every podcast you've been on, every talk show that you've been on, every person that you've interacted with, that is your dream client, right? Not everybody in the world, but like that is your dream client. Like if they were to forget everything, uh, that you ever told them, but like you, you got to leave them with like one core final message and idea, like one thing they would absolutely 100% believe, right? Like without a shadow of that, they would absolutely believe this, but if we get everything else, what, what would that be? And like for me, like that concept, that idea is very, very simple, which is like you can be free, mm. like free, like real freedom, right? Like I grew up with, like I grew up on a farm with, with my nearest neighbor being half a mile away, homeschooled, you know, where you know, every single decision that we, that we did was just due to lack of money, right? My parents were wildly successful in a lot of ways, right? I, I owed them tremendously, but money just wasn't one of those things where, like, that we had figured out, right? And so like, I got into entrepreneurship because I'm like, I wanna get rich because money will bring, make me free. And then I got into entrepreneurship, I started a business, started a company, I looked around and people are making way more money than me and they're not any more free than I was when I'm sitting on a farm in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, what, mm -hmm. right? And so while, even though I had figured, like I'd figured out how to make lots of money, and so financially, I was I was free from like having to make decisions due to lack of money. I didn't find freedom until I found Christ, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, like this whole concept of like freedom, like that is what drives me. And, and so if I can make more people understand that through other people carrying out that message, like that excites me for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. Well said. yeah, that's good. Okay, I, I mean, I feel similarly with organizational development because that is ultimately what it boils down to for me. Because I know people with a lot more money than I have, or bigger companies than I've ever built that. People have done 
multiple billions of dollars worth of things. Mm. Yeah. But how free are they? Not very. How fulfilled are they? Yeah. How much fun do they have? Right. And when I get to, when I have the ability to almost literally mm-hmm. do whatever I want to every single day, say, hey, I'm now I'm doing the talk show, not a podcast, talk show. You're so good. Sent my little text messages before I turned off all my devices. I said, hey, I'm done. I'll check in several hours from now because I have a team, because I've actually mastered organizational development, which doesn't mean it's all easy, doesn't mean what you teach people is all so easy. Hard. But so but simple. I have so the hard. freedom yeah. to even say, hey, we're doing a big event coming up, I'm pushing it off a week, going to Mexico with my kids for a week. Hmm. If I wanted to fly around the world, or you know, sail around the world for a couple of weeks, I could do that too. And not that it even has to be that way. Right. It's my, right. My, my son just literally last night had a medical emergency, and I was able to get in my car, go to the hospital, and there, it could have been a hundred, it could have been a, whatever, quarter million dollars of unexpected expenses would not, not have right, phased yeah, me. Not, right, 100%. And I could tell everybody that I, like, I'm done working. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to you whenever I need to talk to you in the future yeah. because I have a team that builds the company even when I'm unavailable. Mm. That's organizational development. Mm. That's and it's a lot of work to get them to do yeah. it in the way that you believe it should be done. It took me a few years to really figure out how to do that at scale but why I brought up the KPI earlier today is because if you're watching this and you're saying, I haven't hit my first million, I haven't built that first thing, is I'm now doing it in record speed to the millions and millions of dollars in months rather than years because of the principles of organizational development they are now happening over and over again. And if you want to make millions of dollars, your first million dollars, start a talk show. All right? <laughs> and if you want to do more than that, then go do organizational development or that too. Yeah, I just, you just had, make I just that quick million. Yeah, that's good. It's not that difficult. I'm Have no saying. freedom, I'm but saying, it's look, cool. look, see those awards up there, bro? Look at that. A million bucks and another million bucks. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty great. Um, okay, wh- what time is it? I don't even know. Like, I don't even have my watch on. It's 12.07 if it's still oh, working. All right, we're, we're, still, we're, we're, we're still good. Okay, so um, I do want to kind of turn the conversation. I want to, like, just in, in 60 seconds... He's like me, guys. Right? 600 seconds. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So in, in 60 seconds-ish, just recap because we kind of like left this op- open loop. You raised a billion dollars. What? Like for what? How did that happen? Like mm-hmm. where, Wrap up the story before we kind of move to the next topic here because I do have one more thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Sure. So the biggest chunk of the billion dollars plus that I've now raised is, uh, came from a great partnership with President Obama through something called the Addiction Recovery Act. And mm-hmm. so what that was is creating a literal new bucket of money, a new bucket of funding that allowed people like me who are in long-term recovery from addiction to get help. You're not, but I'm going to pretend he is. Like, let's say that we're both sober. Mm-hmm. So I'm both, definitely sober. Oh, cool. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay, I got you. No. Awkward. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, whatever. Don't yes. edit that out. That's really funny. No, no, anyway. No, we're not editing this. No, no, yeah, no. It's great. So... Before Young People in Recovery, that organization started the the way that the world knew how to talk about one sober person helping another sober uh, sober person. But like we both like let's say that we both went to rehab and needed help rather yeah. than just yep. like living alcohol and drug free is AA and go AA. Nothing wrong with AA. No shade. No issues yep. whatsoever. Yep. But actually monetizing how one person in recovery could help another person in recovery wasn't really a thing. And especially mm-hmm. it wasn't a thing for young people. When I rolled onto the addiction recovery scene, looking at young people who are in recovery, the way that that was perceived is, oh, they're so young and cute. They just need extra help. They mm-hmm. like need help to go back to college. They need help to like get a job again. True and true. But what young people in recovery did is we created a platform to where those young people 
were not only needing special services because they were chronologically young or young in their recovery, yeah. but we said they are actually leaders. They're not just people who need to receive, mm. but if they are empowered, we're going to create this thing called recovery capital, yeah. which means for every Justin Luke Riley in a YPR chapter, we can create a recovery-ready community. And so this became an investment to say it is more cost-effective wow. to build a peer-ran wow. chapter than just sending me through rehab at 30,000 bucks a pop seven times over when you could just fund a YPR chapter and they're going to help a lot of people, which also means these same people would get jobs and get back into college. And we, I mean, get working at the White House or whatever their dream was. And so the power of that and why that mattered in the organizational development sense, because you could raise a billion bucks and spend it. But when you raise a billion dollars because it is solving massive Literal amounts of problem problems for other people they will be the champions of your billion dollar idea you don't have to be the number one salesperson for it in addition to that we've raised a bunch of money for a bunch of for-profits and non-profits Mom, and yeah, stuff, but yeah 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 the That's, biggest chunk was for, bro, you're for not that making, initiative you literally make offers you, you could write a book you could top promosi you could be billion dollar offer right like you could write That's a book true. called billion dollar offer like literally how i how i sold the president of the united states on giving me one billion dollars Bro, we should yeah. you should write this book and you should let me help you market it. Yeah, yeah, me. that'd be that'd be awesome. Okay, um, I do want to turn the conversation to business um, and what like what you and I have done together. Um, and you know, when we when we first started working together, it was uh, through for a, a referral, um, and it was over crypto, like in crypto, right? Which I love crypto. Like it's my favorite. I know it's like toxic right now. Crypto Twitter is like kind of toxic. It's a great it, time to get in. Go ahead. It super is, right? Like I'm still, like everyone's like, oh, crypto. I'm like, you're so dumb, right? Like, you know, like blockchain, it's just wait, all right? Get in. But we, we bought it over that. But then- We it, like launch a token. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, no, <laughs> no I, I, I'm, a, I'm basically a Bitcoin uh, maxi outside of, outside of like actually investing in specific type of projects, right? Like I'm, mm. I'm not a gambler like some people are. Um, I, I, I did, dude, I went to the Colorado game. Yeah. We went to Colorado, Nebraska, the nice. opening, the thing, whatever. My wife went to Nebraska. Oh, so yeah. we, we all got all decked out in Nebraska nice. gear or whatever. And so I, I went, we got like, I don't know, like, right like nebraska side right up front or whatever right we had great seats and um i knew like i'm controversy right so i literally mm -hmm. take a picture i post online i'm like coach prime is overrated go big red right like this blows You're up just trying to get engaged a hundred percent okay but no here's the best part everyone's like oh, i trust josh for marketing advice not for betting dude i actually bet on the game for fun on colorado right and so i took a screenshot of the post and i was like oh no i didn't i didn't bet on nebraska i just wanted them to win right my wife went there or whatever but i could bet on that so i do bet like 20 bucks on you know sports games sometimes anyway but what, what connects this, right? You can bet $20 on sports games. Promise you're not going to go to hell. All right. Uh, or bankrupt. Sorry, Dave Ramsey. It's true. All right. Um, gosh, I just keep throwing these. I actually do want to, I want to talk to Dave Ramsey sometime. I want to get on the thing. All right. Let's get back on track. I'm sorry. Okay. But what, what I think actually allowed us to continue to work together, right? Um, and I'm pretty picky about who I work with, um, like to the point where when you, when you like throw people my way, I'm like, no, don't, please don't send people my way. And then, you know, but it's, yeah. yeah. Sorry for the referrals. But I know, I know, crazy, right? But I think we, we bonded over, or like one of the things I really appreciated about you is like, is your faith and like how much um, uh, that has been like such a, a forefront of our conversation, a lot of our conversations mm -hmm. together, right? So transitioning into this conversation of business and what we have been able to do together with the launches and we've done $100,000 days before, we've done you know, challenges, we did you know, the, the summit with the interview style and, and all of that. How, how has your faith um, 
how has your faith affected how you operate inside of business and how you influence people? Whew. Great question. I think that I call them a, like a, a God-based decision, and it may sound simple, but there are many moments, whether it was through Young People in Recovery, there's many moments at the company I'm at now, at any company, where I do my best, and I know also, so I've made decisions that are not God-based. And what that means for me is, okay, am I saying yes to this opportunity because it's shiny, it's lucrative, I feel guilty. I like I feel like I should help them and I feel like I should mm. be a part of this thing. Like I have a really good buddy of mine who literally asked me to invest and give me forty percent of the company and I said no because I didn't have a piece from that. So mm. when your ultimate for me, my ultimate rubric for decision making is what is God telling me? And that may sound like really like fluffy, mm. but it's been one of the most strategic advantages I've had because in the darkest days when there's cash flow challenges, there's lawsuits, when your team is not delivering, it is, well, I didn't do this for the team. I didn't do it for the money. I did it because I know that you, God, called me to do this thing. And so because you called me to do it until you tell me I'm done, I'm not quitting. That is really hard to negotiate against. Mm. That oh. is really hard to detour some uh to um detour from somebody not giving up when you are so committed to something that you will not quit even when it gets hard mm. that's hard to for somebody to try to take that away from you and i would agree with that and when you make a decision based on that mm -hmm. that's that's a very like awesome thing that you can lean on mm -hmm. what happens like you dealing with teams and dealing with people and investors and partners and things like that. I'm, I'm sure you're involved mm -hmm. in, in businesses where people have a different faith than you or maybe they're not oh, religious totally. at all, right? Yeah. Like they, they, as, and when you come to them and you go, we're not gonna do something or we're gonna do something because God told me to, mm -hmm. right? Like how does that go over and have you ever, like have you ever run into, have you ever actually run into any issues um, where people are like weirded out by that or like this or has it not that? No, I've been really fortunate to, through mentorship, as I talked about earlier, one of my core values is I think that there's, there's, there's wisdom in how to talk about your faith without being um, proselytizing or providing pressure or using the God card. I was yeah. also in ministry yeah. for a long time, and that happens there more than probably anywhere else. Yeah. And so I haven't had a situation where somebody pushed back to me because I had said, this is the direction we're going. But it wasn't because they didn't push back because they used the God card. It's because I'm an effective communicator and mm. I had buy-in from the team and I knew how to influence people and I knew how to lead them. Yeah. And w one time in my entire 13-year career at Young People in Recovery, did I ever tell somebody once, literally, I'll never forget because I was even mortified that I did it. Well, so-and-so, at this point in time, I am the founder and CEO and this is the direction that we're going. And if that doesn't work for you, then you don't need to be here. I only had to pull that one time. Wow. But the God card and like, I'm not yeah. like, it didn't really come up because it was how that showed up in the workplace yeah. was here's a solution. Here's another solution. Here's another solution. Here's another way forward. But if quitting is not on the table, then what you do is you bring solutions to your team. Yep. So, yep. yep. No, that, that, yeah. that, that, that answers my question. Um, when it comes to influence um, and when it comes to, um, as a Christian, right? Because mm -hmm. you believe in the God of the Bible. Yes. Yep. Jesus. Right. Um, Yes, Your Honor. Yeah, just, I just, I'm just confirming, right? Like yes. a, lot, a lot of people are like, I believe in God. I'm like, sweet Jesus, and they're like, oh, I don't know about the whole Jesus I know, you're thing. Like right? Whales, you're like, oh. no, you're like, they believe in some higher power or God. I'm yes, like, no, yes. I serve Jesus, right? Yep. Like that, that God, right? So, um, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I um, am very aware of, and that I, I, I would say I probably get a lot of criticism for, at, at, certainly at times, is like I talk about money a lot, right? Money's mm -hmm. 
crazy controversial topic. Who knew, right? How, how do you balance, uh, as someone who is very connected, who, who you know, you have your, you have a lot of people looking up to you, affect a lot of people, whatever. How do you balance making um, something about something that's not God, right? Like let's call, talk about money, for example. So yes. I'll use me as an example. I talk about money first, and I think it, it, people could look at my brand and they could be like, oh, Josh is all about money. Now that's not true, right? I've happened to talk about money a lot. I talk about mm-hmm. influence and pot, you know, or talk shows and you know all these things a lot. Mm-hmm. But like I'm a Christian at, at the core, I make decisions from there. How do you how do you manage that? Where when the thing that you're about, the thing that you're promoting, the brand or whatever, is not God, and someone could could mis uh, misstrew. Is that the word I'm looking for? Misconstrue. Misconstrue. Thank you. Right. See, um, I know how to make money. I don't know how to talk apparently uh, or say the things source. correctly. Um, yeah, but misconstrue like what you're actually like about. Does that make sense? Or what advice? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, I've good. been, oh my gosh, like totally hated on. Yeah. I'm this, you know, super rich white guy. I'm like, first of all, I mean, rich is relative. Yeah. But yeah. white, not. Check out like my, you know. I'm pretty white 23 and me think, well, you're yeah. like, you're almost clear like my wife. Yeah, yeah. It's cool, bro. It's <laughs> cool. We love you. Um, and so, man, have I been hated on because of people's perception of what they think I'm about and yeah. who I think I am. And then they find out I'm a Christian. I mean, I've had people straight up. Uh, come and tell me that, you know, I, I just can't work for you because I know that you're having your your wife stay at home and not work because you're a Christian man. I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, what? Okay, that 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 is that is that is what? crazy. That is crazy. That's nuts. That, that, that's crazy. Hold on, I want to this. I want to talk specifically though about about Christians just for the sake of time, okay? Oh, okay. Because like I have, it's gonna be juicy. What's crazy is, dude, is like Christians. Listen, I'm a Christian, guys, and I love y'all. We suck, man. Oh my gosh, like Christians are the worst. But like, I get more criticism from Christians. Sure than I ever do remotely from non-Christians about mm-hmm. apparently being a bad influence for Christ or a bad name of Christ, sure. right? Because I'm talking about money or I'm all about influence or all this or whatever, right? You should be putting Christ first, right? For a couple of people that may be listening right now and you think I'm referring to you, I probably am, but I'm not mad at you for it, okay? I'm just like, I'm just, I'm trying to understand this, yeah. right? Like, does that bother you? And I'm asking this like selfishly for me and maybe anybody else. Does that bother you, or do, um, or how, how do you handle that from from people that say, "Hey, you should be putting Christ first more," versus, "Hey, talking about money or organizational development or raising a billion dollars or anything sure. like that?" Yeah. I mean, I, it has bothered me at times. Yeah. Especially when it is people that I do know and do love, and I felt like they did know me. Yeah. And their perception of me is that. I'm now all about money, and I've forgotten yep. my roots. Yep. Right. That. Yep. I, uh, hear that. I thought yeah. you were a Salvation Army kid, and now here you are, yeah. driving the fastest SUV ever made. No big deal. What's up? Yes. But I'm also allowed to like cool stuff. Yeah. Just because I lived in a homeless shelter doesn't mean I'm called to stay there forever, right? And my validation, also for all the Christians out there, my validation isn't coming from here anyway. It's also not coming from here, depending mm. on what you say in the comments. Like my validation comes from Him. Mm. It is who He says I am not who you say I am. And if my motives, and I talked about it at the beginning of the oh, show, that's, that's really is nice. if my motive is pure, which only he can really judge me for, then I have to live with the results of living in a fallen world where people are going to get grumpy at me and be really brave online and hate on me. Hmm. If you want to be an influencer, know that as you influence millions and millions of people, that is not synonymous with you know how to make millions and millions of friends. Hmm. It's part of the journey. And yeah, I also don't good. think it has to be the, well, you know, it's lonely at the top. Well, it is just because there's not a lot of us up here. But many of us are saying we're doing these things so you can join us up yeah. here. 
Yep. And if that isn't clear, then fly in. I'll take it. Oh, heck, I'll fly you. Like, like, dude, like, if you need to spend some time with me to understand my heart and motive, great. But also, if I've cleaned my side of the street and you're still going to hate on me, I've got, I'm on mission. Hmm. I know what he said. I know what my wife said. I know what my three kids said. I know what my inner circle says. Hmm. And I'm moving forward with or without you. Hmm. You're invited, but I don't need your permission to keep being a leader. All right. That was good. That was good. All right. One of the interesting things that you said right there was uh, your inner circle. And I think that it is really, really important to have people giving you feedback and stuff. All right. Last, last thing, though. We, we got we to gotta move on to wrap it up here. Um, is specifically what you and I have done together um, as we yes. kind of bring this to a close on this. Um, so part, part of the game of influence and, and what, we're, what, I, what we're building, what I, I say we. I can say we. I have, I have an assistant. I have, I have people around me. They might not be here, all right? But, yes. but we are working on it, and we are, are building behind the scenes. I have a funnel builder um, and you know, people like that, that that are really helpful. But anyway, but what, what I'm building at um, uh, the Game of Influence and with the Gold Mike Method and, and all of this is the ability to give uh, entrepreneurs specifically, right? I'm, I'm you know, entrepreneur-minded people, the ability to go and create freedom to understand sales and persuasion, to understand influence or influence and persuasion. I mean, to learn how to sell things, to give people a platform, to build relationships with people like you that have money to, to pay to solve problems. And like, I, I firmly believe if you're good at something, you should charge as much as you possibly can for it, right? Because that, that will allow you to deliver the best possible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as long as you're being ethical or, or, or with that. My question for you would be, with, with the focus being on you know, creating, creating a platform where you can network and be, like, understand influence, the more you understand influence, the better you are at sales, the better you are at making money, the better all these things. What has been um, the or some of the, uh, if there's multiple, biggest learning lessons of us working together um, that you have taken away and been like, that was incredibly powerful, um, that like, people, people should know that they're, they're going to learn if they follow this process? Just what came to mind and prompt me differently. I, I'm not legit. looking for. I literally no, just want to know. No, the but like, it, yeah. um, I want to make sure I answer your question directly, though. One of the one of the first things that came to mind, though, when you asked, what was the big one of the things I've learned working with you. Mm-hmm. Don't be defensive. We probably lost a few months of efficiency because I was accidentally defensive in trying to like communicate my idea my way when I ha- when I didn't as I realized that I didn't have to try to convince Josh of like why masterminds are a good idea or why crypto is a good idea or why we do consulting the way that we do at the compliment or whatever it may be. Mm. It was, wow, like he is showing up to help me be as effective as possible to tell a story in a specific strategic way to generate as much money as possible to help my business. So if he master storyteller is telling me to, shift how I tell a story, just do it. Hmm. We probably lost three months accidentally because I, like, I was just like, I didn't understand the process. I'd when never when done you say defensive before. though, like you mean like you, you, were, you, you thought I was asking something and you had to defend yourself from, from it? Or what do you mean by defensive specifically? Defending why I thought what I was doing was the right way. Oh, and it was okay. hard because it was subconscious. Yeah, yeah. Because you would talk about like... I noticed me who, doing this with Dan Henry too though. Yeah, right, like yeah. who is this off, you know... Who is this offer geared towards? Everyone. It can't be everyone. Well, no. I'm like, seriously, like, every, like crypto can make anybody's life better. Oh, I know crypto can. I love crypto too. But Justin, for what this business yeah. does, yeah. what the offer is, yeah. who is your customer avatar? Everyone is not a good answer. And I then had to say, okay, Josh, mm-hmm. tell, so then what would be a good answer? And can you help me rather yeah. than, no, no, let me tell you 20 more stories of why crypto could help everybody yeah. on earth. 
And so that's what I mean by that. I think that's just good advice in general for any, like with any mentor, with any coach that you hire totally. is it being that. Yeah, that's super, super it's good. It's like if I hired him to help me work out and he's like, hey, go, go do this set. And I'm like, well, what if I did that set? He's yeah. like, well, then why am I here? Yeah. You know, so yeah. I think that yeah. was one of the biggest learning lessons of just yeah. listening to you, honestly, man. Uh, then f- final piece to that would be mm-hmm. what skills, like what skills have you, like what things where you're like, that was life changing. Like, th- like that they're mm-hmm. like, the things where you're like, yo, like that was the best in the world at that. Or like how, how have these skills, what, what are the skills and what, how has it allowed you to change your life? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I get excited because the, so the transformational skills that Josh taught me and he is still teaching me is how to take what I'm saying and make it applicable to the people that I want to influence. Oftentimes I will say X, Y, and Z and he will say to me, that doesn't make sense. And at first I would be like, ah, I'm an influencer, president. But now, because he actually taught me that skill though. So he didn't just do, he doesn't like do the ninja skill on me and make me better. It's now I'm leading different teams at different companies. And he taught me how to say, I get it so-and-so client, but that makes, this doesn't make any sense. I've literally been in meetings saying, hey, does anybody else understand what this person said? Because I have no idea what they just said. But to do that with love and respect. And so the skill of communicating really effectively so people understand what you do so they buy it so they understand what this will do for them yeah telling stories for the people that you're solving problems for uh selling solving problems for thank you yeah that learning how to communicate what you're doing and how that solves a problem for the people you're selling to like telling specific stories for a specific region reason excuse me one of the things that you did with me early on was nick i mentioned him earlier and in the most loving respectful way as a follow-up to one of our sessions you said i really understand the gravity of losing a mentor like that however that story isn't always going to be impactful for every single thing that you do Mm. and i thought that was really well done Mm. and true that that story straight up is really random yeah. for selling certain for, offers. For, for what we were trying to do. Like, like oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to teach somebody a methodology yeah. of how to make millions of dollars in crypto. Yeah. You don't need to tell a story about your dead friend. Yeah, yeah. And like he sure. didn't say it that way, but that was yeah. the result. Yeah. So learning how to tell stories strategically mm. has been invaluable for me yeah. and is beyond even our online launches mm. has allowed me to close more deals uh, yeah. because I know how to communicate. I'm going to tell stories in a strategic way so this potential person buying a service from me knows that yep. this solution is going to help them. They buy for themselves, not because I convinced them. Yep. They're yep. investing in something that will help them, and he taught me how to do that. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, last question on this, and then we have the, the wrap-up question. Um, we've worked together on two different projects now. And if you take out like the in-between time you know, between the projects or whatever, I know we've been on it for two yeah. years. But I would say probably it's been five months, six months or so, mm-hmm. you know, five, five or six yes. months or so. Um, how much money, however you want to quantify this, how much either money have you made, more money have you made? Like what have been the, the, the financial results of us working together um, you, by, you know, applying what, what, yeah. what, I, what I've I would quantify to. that as a $60,000 investment for hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales, not millions and not tens of thousands, but hundreds of thousands. Because specifically, Josh, the things that you have taught me in our sessions Mm. allow me to off camera and offline use those same methodologies to close real sales in person. Yeah, in a five month period, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Dude. I appreciate it, man. Thank I gotta you. shake your hand. Like, this, is what, this is so much fun. It's, it's so much more fun to do it in person. You can laugh yes. and joke and all of that. Uh, we will definitely have to do it again. 
Uh, final question for you. I, I've already I kind of alluded to this. Um, is you have a message, right, to, to, to people like the the people that you've been called to serve specifically, mm -hmm. the the leaders of the world, you know, those people mm -hmm. that are out there, and every person that is your ideal customer, you get to speak directly to them, and they were they're going to forget everything about you, right? They're going to forget the fact that you drive a cool Tesla. They're going to forget you know, forget about the fact that you know apparently like you're not you're not you're not all white, and I am. Like, they're, <laughs> oh, they're gonna, I'm white passing apparently. But white, white pa okay, right? They're going to forget all, all all of the things that you've done in this, but but you are going to be able to leave them. With a, a belief, an idea that 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 message to them that they that they would believe one hundred percent, they take that. Like, what is that message to those people? What what would you leave people with? Is that if you're willing to do the work, because it's not free and it's not easy, but if you're willing to do the work and understand the principles of organizational development and everything that entails, you can take any one of your dreams and. Quantif and exponentially and quantifiably geometrically grow them. Mm. But it will take work, but beyond work, it's that willingness to really learn organizational development and influence and impact more people than you ever could on your own. That's amazing. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, this is Justin Luke Riley. Oh, I forgot to ask you why you always go by Luke. I have to be uh, Justin Luke Riley. We'll have to go to a different time. Next where show. can people find you on uh, social media or where? Everywhere. Connect? Justin Luke Riley, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, primary company you get to work with is called The Complimentor. Yep. You can visit us on thecomplimentor.com and check us out. Yeah, love it. Guys, that is all for episode number one of The Game of Influence. What a fun one. Down in the description below, whether it's on audio or YouTube or wherever you're watching it, will be links to Justin's stuff as well as more information about uh, uh, the upcoming five-day challenge I've got with Dan Henry, uh, our guide, the Talk Show Profits Guide, which is how to go through and launch a wildly profitable talk show that uh, pulls in high-ticket buyers over and over and over again without a funnel, without a website, without ads. It's pretty awesome. Go check that out. Uh, as always, uh, do not be afraid to be influential. Do not be afraid to make lots of money. Just make sure that you go and you use that money and that influence for good. That is all for today. We will see you next time. Peace. See ya.